Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Leslie Samuel, and we're going to do something kind of fascinating because today is episode 500 of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. Episode 500, 500 consecutive weeks of recording this show. And Leslie is going to turn the tables on me, and we're going to talk about behind the scenes stuff about how we do what we do here at Social Media Examiner, specifically related to this show and all the other shows that we're doing. We're going to talk about the strategy. We're going to talk about the why, and I've got a kind of an exciting announcement at the very end of the episode about one of the other shows that we're doing. So I hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. This is a little different than normal. So thank you so much. By the way, if you've been here 500 weeks in a row, or whether you have or not, would you do me a favor and let me know about it? I am at Stelzner on Instagram, and I'm also at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. Tag me, let me know that you've been a listener and I will 100% respond to you. I'm very excited that you have joined me for this journey. And by the way, for those of you that are new to the show, I've got some amazing guests lined up. This is not a normal episode. So be sure to follow this podcast so you do not miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over this week's interview with Leslie Samuel. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. 
Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Leslie Samuel. If you don't know who he is, you need to know who he is. He's the creator of the Interactive Biology YouTube channel with over 200,000 subscribers. He's also the main stage MC at Social Media Marketing World 2022 and the head of training for the Social Media Marketing Society. Welcome, Leslie Samuel, back to the Social Media Marketing Podcast. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having This is number 500, dude. I know. Can you believe it? I can't believe it, but we're going to have a good time. So this is episode 500, as Leslie mentioned, and we're going to turn the tables a little bit. And Leslie is going to interview me. We're going to go behind the scenes on the how and the why of what goes into this show and other podcasts that we're producing at Social Media Examiner. So Leslie... I officially pass control over to you, my friend. <laughs> yes, I get to interview Mike Stelzner. I'm excited to be here. And actually, before I go into the history and all that good stuff, I'm just curious. This is 500. How does it feel to you to be 500 episodes in? Well, this is what I will tell everyone that's watching on the video, this gray that you see. <laughs> I did not have it. This gray was not here. This gray hair. And yes, I now seem to wear gray clothes because it seems to be hip for people that have gray hair. But this gray hair was not here when I started nearly 10 years ago. It feels like a lot to do 500 weeks in a row. But yeah, obviously I love it or I wouldn't still be here. Yeah, it's awesome. So I'm curious because I went back in the archives to see when this started and I saw that the podcast started in 2012, but Social Media Examiner started when, 2009? Yeah, 2009. 2009. Okay. So at a certain point, you decide, I'm going to start this podcast. And my question is, you're the social media guy from Social Media Examiner, have a lot of experience, but why did you decide podcasting? This is what I'm going to tackle next. Yeah. So... The story is I was going to Blog World. Actually, they changed the name to New Media Expo in New York a couple of years before I was in Vegas. And there I met Cliff Ravenscraft and there was a very small and Lou Mangello and a couple of other people in the podcasting community. And there was just something really cool about the podcasting. I had heard about podcasting many years earlier before I started Social Media Examiner, believe it or not. And I kind of always wanted to get into it, but I really never had the opportunity to get into it. So I was finally going to be in New York for New Media Expo, and I was going to get a chance to meet Pat Flynn. And Pat and I had never met before. And I had a little flip camera with me, I believe. And we just sat at a table and he had his backpack that said, hi, I'm Pat on, you know, and I just interviewed him, I believe about podcasting, believe it or not. And in preparing for that interview, I was kind of inspired by the success he had had because he had only been in it for maybe a year, year and a half. And I started noticing some other people that I respect were getting into podcasting and me being the forever guy that wants to experiment. I said to myself, okay, it seems like podcasting is starting to go a little bit more mainstream than it was when I first looked at it many years earlier. And I thought to myself, maybe I should get involved. And I saw the trend line. I kind of saw where I thought it could go. And I also was really good at interviewing people because before Social Media Examiner, I was a writer and I would meet with engineers and technical people. And I would try to translate the stuff that they talked about, which was often techno, you know, gobbledygook, you know, nobody could understand it, translated into the everyday person's language. 
And even Leslie, when I started social media examiner back in 2009, I had a camera guy with me and we went to conferences and I would interview people and I would ask them in like 10 minutes, a series of questions. So I thought to myself, maybe an audio podcast would allow me to go a little bit deeper, taking these interview skills that I had already established. And I just really wanted to explore the spoken word. If I go way back when I was a kid, I used to have dreams of being a DJ, you know, a disc jockey. There was this guy named Wolfman Jack who was really popular on the radio that everybody thought was cool. And I just thought maybe I could use my voice. And you're right. We launched the show in August, August 10th of 2012. And a crazy little story. We were in the top 25 of all podcasts on launch day of all podcasts. And we remained number one in the business category for at least six months and I, I took some screenshots of it and we remained in the top two or three in business for years, right up there with Dave Ramsey, like him and I would swap between the top two spots in podcasting. And when I got into it, to be honest with you, most of the people in the business category were like huge brands, you know, like NPR and all those kind of things. There weren't very many people covering marketing and business back then. There were some, but very, very quickly we shot up and we stayed in the top ranks for quite a few years, actually, which is kind of surprising. So that's really cool. And I know a lot of us that are into podcasting now, at least for me, I can speak for myself. I had that, you know, wanted to be a radio DJ back in the days. Yeah. Because it seemed really cool. But I know Mike Stelzner and I know that Mike Stelzner is always thinking about strategy. Are you sure I'm always thinking about strategy? There's nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. <laughs> well, tell everybody why you know that. So I've been working with you for a while. And we've done the Social Media Marketing Society. I'm head of training there, but I was involved in the launching of the Social Media Marketing Society and getting it going. And it was just interesting to see how everything you did had a lot of data behind it. You don't make decisions just because, hey, this feels right. Or, you know, I think I can get more exposure with this. No, there's a strategy behind everything that relates to the business. And I'm curious, you know, this is 2012, you're starting the podcast. There's a strategy behind it. What did you see there when it comes to the strategy and how it fit into the overall picture of what you were doing at Social Media Examiner? Okay. Well, there's so many different angles to this, but first of all, the name of the podcast, Social Media Marketing, was strategic. I knew that people were searching for social media marketing in Google search and I also knew that people would search inside of the Apple podcast directory for that phrase. And I definitely wanted to rank for that phrase because when I started the show, you know, social media was extremely hot still and growing. So that was, you know, the naming of the show was extremely strategic, but I did something really important almost exactly six months later after the show. So the name of the show is social media marketing. What's the name of my conference, Leslie? Social media marketing world. That's exactly right. So the people that I got on the show, like Guy Kawasaki and Pat Flynn and Amy Porterfield and Mark Schaefer were the very same people that I was going to be having speak at social media marketing world. So the way that I engineered this was I wanted my growing audience to get to know who these people were. Some of them were very well known as you can imagine, but may not all been well known in our industry. So I was very strategic about getting people on the show that I had already developed a relationship with that I knew would ultimately be speaking on my stage or people that I wanted to develop a relationship with that I thought I might want to ask to be on my stage. Okay. 
And my hypothesis was that if people listen 40, 45 minutes with me every single week, some of these people they're going to find great value in and they're going to want to learn more from those people and knowing who those people are and that they'll all be in one centralized location. I was pretty convinced would be very strategic and smart marketing. There's a lot more. Do you want to dig any deeper on any of this? Yeah. So just to make sure we have the timeline right, the podcast came before social media marketing world? By six months. By six months. And when you started the podcast, you knew that social media marketing world was coming and you wanted to develop these relationships and all of that good stuff. And that was part of the strategy in terms of launching social media marketing world and all of that. 100%. Okay. How did you find that it went, especially in the beginning, you're starting this, you are interviewing these professionals. Are you then collecting data in a specific way to determine, hey, these are the speakers that I'm going to have? I'm curious about that part because I know there's a lot of data that you play around with in your mind. Well, what I do today and what I do back then might not be exactly the same, but what I can tell you is that nearly every single person who was on that podcast spoke at Social Media Marketing World the very first year. And it was engineered in such a way that that would work. Today, that's not necessarily how it works. So maybe what I can do is give people a little bit of like how I use it today and how I might've used it back then. So it helps people understand how it all interconnects, if you're cool with that. Yeah, let's do it. So first and foremost, I always have a pre-show with every single guest, even Gary Vaynerchuk, you know what I mean? And what I do is I negotiate the topic with the guest to make sure the line of questions is right within something that my audience is interested in and they want to talk about. However, when it's a new guest, this gives me the opportunity to get to know these people and for them to get to know me and to become comfortable with me before we actually do the interview. Because now my show is very well established and very well known and new guests can sometimes get nervous. So I want to make sure that they are best prepared to be able to deliver amazing quality content. So it's never the first conversation when you listen to the podcast episode, it's the second conversation or it's the third conversation in some cases. And this is just my way of coaching every single one of my guests that are new. Okay, here's what to expect. Here's how this is going to roll. Here's the kinds of things that I want to talk about. Are you comfortable with me digging a little deeper and asking clarifying questions? So I get them really comfortable with me. And in the process of doing that, I also get to know them and they get to know me for a good 45 minutes on a completely different week than we're actually doing the podcast. And even to this day, as you know, you and I kind of did this in preparation for this show, right? It just allows us to actually have a much better conversation that doesn't seem to be rabbit trailing all over the place. Now, the benefit of doing it this way and the reason we do it this way is it also gives me an opportunity to chat with these people and ask them privately how I can support them or do they have any questions or they get to know me a little bit better. It develops those relationships because the reason why Social Media Examiner has the people that speak at our conference and come in studio and film and our correspondence for our live show and teach inside the Social Media Marketing Society is because we are very strategic and careful about picking people, the right people, and also developing really good mutually beneficial relationships. And I think that is strategy. 
Oh, definitely. I love that. And I love the focus on relationships. And it's obvious that you went in with that intention. What has the podcast done for you, like personally or for the company? We know you went in with that strategy, but how did it end up turning out when it comes to whether it's opportunities for you or growth for the company? How did that impact it? Yeah. Well, there's a whole bunch of things. First of all, let's talk about the content strategy. Okay. This has been really fun. Every single interview that I do is reverse engineered into an article for readers and they don't even know that it's a podcast interview. So we know that there are some people that learn by reading, some by watching and some by listening. So every single interview, we get it transcribed and then our editors work to make it into an original article that's co-created by myself and the guest. You don't even know that it's sourced from a podcast until you get to the very bottom of the article and you see a podcast player in there and we publish it as an article. So now all of a sudden we've got an audio recording for the podcast. We've got an article for the reader audience, which is really large. And now starting with episode 499 of this podcast, and this is episode 500, we're going to be publishing this as a video on our YouTube channel. And we are recording for those listening right now in video form. And this will be published specifically on the YouTube channel, because there are some people that look to YouTube when they listen to podcasts. So this one interview becomes three different forms of long form media that we can use for all the different audiences that we have. Secondly, what has it done for me and for the company as a whole? Well, I think I've established quite a bit of trust with our listeners and I can't even begin to tell you how many people have told me how this show and my style of interviews has really helped them. And I've got some stories that I can share, but it's pretty crazy because as of this recording, 30 million downloads on just the podcast. And that's a lot of downloads. You know, that's a lot of people who have listened to countless hours. And some of you have listened literally from episode number one, you know, and even today there are people that go back to episode number one and they listen. And we've heard this, of course, from Cliff Ravenscraft, who tells us these kind of stories, but we don't believe it, but I know it's true because I have the data. So when you get a chance to show up every single week in the ears of your audience as they're commuting to work, as they're cleaning the kitchen, as they're walking the dog, as they're in the gym, as they're on horseback in a canoe, <laughs> controlling an aircraft carrier, these are all the examples of pictures I've gotten from people. It's pretty crazy. You know, they know me and they trust me because I have their best interest in mind. And that's been absolutely huge for me. And I'll tell you a little story. One day, my wife and my three kids were walking into a pottery barn teen store. Okay. It was the first pottery barn teen store in the United States. It used to be a pottery barn kids store and they converted it. And since I had a teenager and some younger kids, we walked in there. My kids were jumping around on all the furniture and stuff. And then this woman comes up to me with another younger woman at her side. And she looks at me. She's all, excuse me, are you Michael Stelzner by chance? And I'm all, yes. And my wife and one of my kids is standing next to me. They're like, what's going on here? She's all, I'm with William Sonoma. William Sonoma owns Pottery Barn. And I'm here for the launch of the Pottery Barn teen store. And I just want to let you know that I'm in charge of social media for William Sonoma and the reason I got the job at Williams-Sonoma is because of your show. Wow. Can I take some selfies with you? 
And I thought that was really cool, right? That is awesome. Just a random experience as I happened to be in a store. And that kind of stuff has happened to me in airports and random locations where people look at me and they don't know what my face looks like because I don't have it on the art, but they recognize <laughs> that voice. And they're like, hmm, I've had people come up to me and say, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> you know, and it's cool when you can just simply use your voice and your gifts of asking clarifying questions. And I guess technically I'm an influencer now. Yeah. So what this has done for me is it's enabled me to yield my gifts and influence, I think, an industry. And that's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's one thing when you get the emails, right? But when in real life, I mean, you're out in a store with your family and you're able to see the kind of impact that you're having with your podcast, that's awesome. And what I also think is amazing is I'm not going to watch a 40-minute video on YouTube as much as I would listen to a 40-minute podcast of you talking to me because I can do that when I'm driving, like you said, or when I'm cleaning the house or doing stuff in the yard and so on. I'm listening to you in a way now where you are connecting with me differently than you would have if it were a different type of medium. That's just awesome, man. Okay, so 2009, you started Social Media Examiner. 2012, you started the podcast. Now, what I've noticed is that since then, you've started other things, but you don't wait that long to start a podcast. It's like you start the podcast right there at the very beginning. And what comes to mind right now is like when you did Parenting Adventures. Can you talk about that and how it kind of evolved to where now you are launching things and launching other shows using podcasting as like the main medium? Okay, so... On location at Social Media Marketing World 2014, I think, I had a video produced and I launched a brand new site called Parenting Adventures, which is now defunct. And then I later launched a podcast called Parenting Adventures Podcast. But I also launched the Social Media Examiner Show and the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. So what I did was once the Social Media Marketing Podcast really took off and was clearly working and successful and really benefiting me and the business because so many people were discovering us. We launched the social media examiner show, which is kind of crazy. What we did was we had our editorial team rewrite our articles for a voice talent, a professional voice talent. And then we hired a professional voice that didn't sound like she was reading to literally create audio versions of every single one of our articles. And it was a daily podcast where you could consume our articles by listening to them. We did it for about a year to a year and a half, and then we shut it down. It was called the Social Media Examiner Show, okay? Then we launched the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, originally on Blab. Remember Blab? Oh, Blab, the Blab days. For people that don't know what Blab is, it's kind of like what social audio is right now, you know, where a bunch of people can come in a room and talk, except it was with video. And we launched that on Blab, literally within the first year that Blab launched, then eventually that show turned into a actual podcast. So it started as a video show, then it became a podcast slash live stream. And to this day, it is still a podcast slash live stream. So we go live every single Friday, I believe noon Pacific for about 20 minutes. And we bring on a guest and we talk about the news. Like one week we'll talk about Instagram. Next week we'll talk about YouTube. Next week we'll talk about Facebook. And I bring on some of these people that I've developed really strong relationships with. For example, Mari Smith is the one that comes on when we talk about Facebook. We just talk about the news and we publish that live show over seven different channels. And then we strip the audio 
I recorded on my Roadcaster Pro here, and then we've got a podcast listener audience. So some of our shows have thrived and some have not, you know, we kind of decide if it's working or if it's not working and we shut it down. And then of course, I've got a brand new show that just launched called the Crypto Business Podcast, which I'm sure we're going to get to a little bit later. But yes, at the core of a lot of what I do is I leverage my gift. And I started as a writer and I wrote a book on writing. And in the beginning, when we started Social Media Examiner, that was the main way everybody communicated when you were an influencer, you were a blogger back then. That's what it was. And then eventually podcasting became the thing. And then YouTuber or video creators, you know? So the areas where my gifts lie are in writing and in the spoken word. And for me, it's really easy and it's really fun because I'm an extrovert and I love doing interviews. And that's why right now I have three different shows. <laughs> yeah. So you're leveraging your gifts, what you're good at, I mean, it makes it easier for you, right? Yeah. And then you have a team that's going to take that and leverage it to create all these other forms of content. Right. hundred percent. So is the idea then when you have a new idea, you launch it as a podcast? No, 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 no. What's going on there? Okay. So generally speaking, I have not launched a new show in a very long time. The social media marketing talk show is on its 200th episode as a podcast. Okay. That show has been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you don't count the podcast, it's probably the 300th or the 400th episode. So we've been doing that talk show for a very long time. I started it out and then I passed the baton to other people like Eric yep. Fisher and then Jeff C and now back to me. And I know that all rhymes, <laughs> but you know, that show has been around for a long time. So I have not launched a new show in a long, long time. I don't launch a show unless I'm absolutely convinced that this is something that I think I want to do because I'm not going to lie. It's work to launch a show, right? Yeah. You know this yourself, Leslie, you've got to have a team behind you ideally to help you with all the nuances. And because we do so much with each one of these episodes, we've got to make sure we've got everything kind of working the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. So I want to touch on something that you mentioned earlier, because right now we're recording this as video and audio, and you're doing more when it comes to video podcasting and so on. Why are you going in that direction now more than you were before? Okay. This is a really good question and it's covered on our talk show, but basically Susan, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, the YouTube CEO. Would you see, uh, yeah. See Susan W <laughs> <laughs> announced that YouTube is going to be supporting podcasting. Mm. And Tim Schmoyer also has been talking about this on his podcast. And Tim publicly has been talking about how podcasting is coming to YouTube. And I have friends in the podcasting world and I'm not going to drop their name, but let's just say I have friends in high places. And I got confirmation that indeed YouTube is moving into podcasting. So I said to myself, okay, if YouTube is moving into podcasting and Google owns YouTube again, strategy, right? They've already got the Google podcast app and Google is one of the biggest companies in the world competing against Apple, Spotify, Amazon now, because Amazon's got their Amazon music platform. Clearly Google is getting into podcasting and what Google's really good at is video. Therefore I need to get into video podcasting. And there was also one other piece of data Tom Webster showed me a presentation while I saw him teach and I talked to him afterwards at Podcast Movement about how there's a very big chunk of the world. When you ask them, where do you go to listen to podcasts? They say YouTube. 
which is shocking considering YouTube doesn't even consider itself a podcasting platform. So that means there's a big chunk of the world that if it doesn't live on YouTube, it doesn't exist. They don't think to go search on the Apple podcast app or the Google podcast app. As a matter of fact, many people don't even know Spotify does podcasting, even though there's been a lot of press with Joe Rogan and all these other podcasters like Gimlet Media. So it's clear to me that there is this big race in the world of podcasting. And the one thing that YouTube is really good at is video. So I figured I got to start putting my video podcasts on YouTube because if there's one thing we know is that when a social platform announces something, if you can be early, you can ride that wave. Just like when YouTube shorts came out, there weren't a lot of people doing shorts, but we were hearing stories of incredible success with YouTube shorts. So as a result, we are now finally getting to the point where we're publishing this video of this interview exclusively on YouTube. Now, a little bit of backstory. We do our other podcast, the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. We already live stream that to Twitter. We already live stream that to Facebook, Facebook business page, Facebook group, Facebook personal profile, LinkedIn, and two of our Twitter accounts. Okay, so that's seven. And we already know the advantage of having longer form video on certain platforms. So now what we're doing is we're finally getting to the point where we're like, okay, we're just going to publish this video podcast exclusively on YouTube, but there could come a day, depending on what happens, where we publish this on another platform. Like hypothetically, let's say Spotify comes out and says, hey, we're embracing video, which I doubt they will. Well, we've already got the content and we can already start publishing it there. Yeah. And out of curiosity, when you're publishing these video podcasts, are you publishing it on the main social media examiner channel or are you creating a separate channel for that? We are publishing on the main social media examiner channel. And right now that's about 190,000 subscribers. And we already know when we do the talk show, we get a decent amount of listeners. And, you know, sometimes we'll get a few thousand, sometimes we'll get 10,000, you know, viewers is probably the better word for the talk show. Most of them are after the show is over with. So, you know, if this signal is YouTube is embracing longer form video and clearly these videos are 40 to 45 minutes, well then, Bring it on. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. It's not a hard change in our procedure. The only difference is instead of recording over Skype audio, we're recording with some other technology that allows us to capture the video and the audio at the same time. Awesome. Okay. So I know you do a number of creative things when it comes to leveraging your podcast to promote stuff. Obviously, you have social media marketing world, which is a big thing. But how are you specifically using the podcast to promote social media marketing world or anything else that the company is trying to get out there or that you're trying to promote? Okay, so this is kind of fun. There's relatively new technology that has come to the podcasting world called dynamic ad insertion. Mm. And we use a hosting platform that allows us to have dynamic ad insertion. So what does this mean? Well, if you live in San Diego, you might've heard an ad that says, hey, fellow San Diegans. And if you live in Southern California, you might've heard a different ad that says, hey, fellow Southern Californians. Mm. And if you live in California, you might've heard an ad that says, hey, fellow Californians. And if you live outside the United States, you might've heard an ad that says, hey, is traveling the United States completely out of the cards this year? Do you understand where I'm going with this? Yep, yep, yep. So we can now create geo-targeted audio ads that dynamically 
insert as the person downloads the ad to their podcast player. And this is powerful for us. Not only can we create geo-targeted ads, but we can also create a variety of different ads that are randomly inserted into different points in the podcast. So traditionally in dynamic ad insertion, you have pre and post roll, mm -hmm. which means just before the show starts and just as it finishes. And if you've listened to any podcasts, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Big ones, right? They've always got this, yep. hey, before the show starts, blah, 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 right? And then at the end, there's an ad. Well, where it gets tricky is when you have mid-roll ads inserted right in the middle of the podcast, okay? Mm -hmm. And we can turn those ads on and we can turn those ads off. So if you ever hear a slight audio gap, it means that we didn't have a mid-roll ad running that particular day. And we have two different locations in every one of our podcast episodes, one just before the interview starts and one just before the interview ends. So just before the interview ends, as of today, we are insert an ad that sounds something like this. Hey, do you love the social media marketing podcast? Are you curious about NFTs and decentralized autonomous organizations and social tokens and the whole web 3.0 thing? Well, did you know I have another show? It's called the Crypto Business Podcast. Go on over and have a listen. If you like this show, you might like that one as well. So that one is just short, sweet, little to the point ad, literally inserted right near the end. My team writes up all these ads and I create all sorts of them. And then they manage kind of where they go and when they go, where they go. And it just allows us to kind of like do branding and ultimately do all sorts of exciting things to promote whatever it is we're promoting. Is that a complicated process or is it something that, you know, I have a podcast and I want to promote certain things at certain times of the year. I can easily do that and dynamically insert the ads that I want to promote right now. Okay. So we use a company called art19.com, which is owned by Amazon and Lipson has a version of this, I believe. And so do others. It gets costly to do this because usually with a lot of these podcasting apps, you just pay a flat rate per month for unlimited downloads. But when you get into dynamic ad insertions, you pay per thousand downloads. So we're paying a lot of money every single month for the tech ability to do this. And if you think about it, it's a pretty big tech stack behind the scenes that's deciding looking at your IP address, instantly sewing the thing together and allowing you to download that customized version of that episode just for you. So that's a little costly. On the other side of it, it's just a matter of you writing some scripts, recording some audio ads, and then going into an ad interface and just deciding when you wanna run those ads. Just like anything else, you can run them for a week, a month, as often as you want. It's just like any other ad server. Love it, love it. That is really cool. Okay, so you've mentioned something a few times today. And that's this new podcast, the Crypto Business Podcast. Tell us a little bit about that and your decision to go in that direction. Okay. So first of all, I strongly recommend everybody listen to the first episode. We're on pretty much everything. You know, I made sure we're on all the majors. We're on even Stitcher, which isn't so popular anymore. I just went and make sure you're going to find us almost anywhere if you search for crypto business. We even have a YouTube channel, which is a little harder to find because it's still new. As of today, there's only like 600 subscribers, so we're not coming up in the search index. But if you type in crypto business Stelzner, my last name, you're going to find it on YouTube. The reason why I decided to do this show is really well stated in the first 20 minute episode that I did, which kind of builds the case of why we're at the beginning of a revolution that's going to change the business world forever and the marketing world. And with this new show, what I'm trying to do is bring on people that are way smarter than me and to not talk about 
finance and to not talk about technical stuff. Instead, I want to talk about what the business side of crypto is going to do for the world. So at a basic level, you know, I'm not even talking about how businesses could receive Bitcoin or Ethereum as payments. I'm talking to people that are doing projects, right? Like I talked to one of the guys that was involved with the Constitution DAO, which is the organization that tried to buy the U.S. Constitution. I'm also talking to people who are launching successful NFT projects, and I'm trying to understand how are they doing what they're doing? What's the business case behind it all? I'm talking to people that are launching decentralized autonomous organizations, which is kind of like the future of starting business entities. And why did they choose this? And what is it about these smart contracts and this automation that allows them a sense of freedom, like getting rid of attorneys and all this other kind of stuff and ownership for people that own tokens and stuff. So I'm exploring this fascinating frontier in a way that I am gifted at, which is asking really clear, clarifying questions to translate the complex so that anyone can understand it. And it's a lot of fun. I'll share some of the metrics here real quick. Cause I shared this on my personal profile on Facebook recently. As of today, we've only launched the first three episodes of the podcast and we've already had 5,500 downloads on the show, which is, I think pretty good. Well over a thousand downloads per episode. So I think I've got my thousand true fans already, if you will. And according to Apple and what's cool, folks that may not understand this in our podcasters, Apple shows you retention rates, which means how long people stick. I'm getting a 79% retention rate, which is completely unheard of, which means people are sticking right to the end. The majority of them are. And I'm experimenting with YouTube versions of it. And right now I'm getting really decent watch time. We've got about 700 subscribers on the YouTube channel yet we've had more than 700 views, you know, and the views are long, you know, people are spending eight to 10 minutes on average each video, which is a really good average for these kinds of videos, considering we're so early, we've gotten a lot of feedback. So right now, this is just a side project. This is just like Mike Stelzner having fun on something that he thinks could change the world. But, you know, depending on how well it goes, maybe there could be some other stuff that comes from it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And what's cool about it is I listened to the first two episodes so far. I've been hearing a lot about NFTs and it kind of made sense to me, but not really. But when I listened to the episode, the one that you did with Joel Kahn, it was like a light bulb went off and I was like, oh, now it makes sense. Now I see specifically the business application and how I can benefit from exploring this more deeply. And by the way, I got to say this, I have been active in crypto only since March 1st of 2020. And I listen to crypto related shows every single day. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing out there that's doing what I'm doing because they're almost all unbelievably technically complicated. Or you have really big podcasters like Tim Ferriss, who will do one show, you know, where he'll bring somebody on. But this show is exclusively focused to this thing. And so many of our friends have said, this is exactly what I need, because I believe if we as entrepreneurs, creators, marketers can get ahead of this thing, this is just like the nineties was when the internet first came out. And this gives us a huge competitive advantage because most of the world can't find this information, doesn't understand this information. And this is going to give a lot of people a leg up. I talked earlier about that experience inside that pottery barn teen store. I can already envision 
people coming to me years down the road saying, I started this because of that show that you did. And I just know it's going to be big, Leslie. I mean, I don't say this very often, but I feel like this is something different. I don't know. What do you think? No, I get the same impression because with all the buzz that's going on, the common thing that I've been seeing is a bunch of confusion. <laughs> and even within myself, I'm like, yeah, I have friends encouraging me to get into this stuff. And I'm like, okay, but I don't understand what you're even talking about. Now it's starting to make sense to me. And I'm excited about where it's going. I'm exploring not just crypto and all that stuff, but and NFTs and what that could mean for some of the projects I plan, some of the projects I'm planning with my kids even. It's going to be very exciting to see where that all goes. And I'm glad I'm kind of in on the front end of seeing this thing come together because I think it's going to lead to some really amazing things. Here's how I know I'm onto something. When my personal trainer... <laughs> listens to it and tells all of his customers to listen to it. That's awesome. When my wife's family members, my in-laws listen to it and get excited, I'm like, whoa, okay. That's different, right? It's very different, right? Yep. Because everybody's hearing about this stuff every day in the news. They hear Bitcoin, they hear crypto, but they don't understand it, right? And they hear yep. laws and legislation and they hear billions of dollars being invested in all this kind of stuff. And it's decentralized. What does that even mean? There's something happening here. Yeah. And for those of us that have been around a while, we can tell there's something different here. And like we saw it in the 2008, 2009 social media era when it popped. Yep. And for those that are old enough, we remember it in the nineties. And it's exactly the same thing that's happening right now. It's exciting. Because with this many different companies going all in on this and this many huge entities and businesses, it's going to be monster huge. And I just hope that I'm a player. And my personal goal is to be in the top 100 in the business category by the end of the year. I feel like that's achievable, mm -hmm. but you have to understand today, that's a lot harder than it was when I launched my podcast. Oh, absolutely. But that's my goal. So there you have it. Okay, so we're 500 episodes in. Where are we going from here, man? A lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I am not stopping. I will say that I am probably going to try to find someone to take over the social media marketing talk show because doing three okay. shows a week is kind of a big deal. So you heard it here first. I am actually looking to hire someone specifically to host the social media marketing talk show. And ideally, it's somebody who is active in the social world and we're actively starting that process but I intend to do this podcast and the crypto business podcast for quite some time. And I don't know if there's any other shows on the horizon for me, but I can't wait to continue to look into these two different industries, find people that are doing amazing things and bring them to you, the listeners and the watchers. That's what I'm gonna keep doing. I hope you stick around for the ride. All right, there you have it, folks. That's the end of the 500th episode. If you miss anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 500. And if you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, let your friends know about this show, please. I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.